Today, Jesus tells us a parable. Let's remember that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus often used this teaching tactic to make the complex things of heaven simple. And so today, he tells us a parable about this sower, this seed, and this soil. And it went a little something like this. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he scattered it, some fell on hard soil. Some fell on that path. And this path was hard from being constantly trampled upon. So any rain that fell on it didn't soak into the soil, but rather it ran off into the ditch. This wasn't the most ideal place to sow seed, and so the birds came and ate it up. Jesus tells us that this is like the person who hears the word but immediately rejects it. For whatever reason, they have no interest in hearing the word in that time. So the devil comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. But still, there was some more seed. Some seed fell on places with rocks in it. Now, this seed grew for a little bit because the soil was shallow, but as soon as the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Jesus tells us this is like the person who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But as soon as trial or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. But still, there was some more seed. Some seed fell on places with thorns in it. And this seed actually grew up. But when the seed grew, the thorns grew with it, and eventually they choked the plant, and the plant became unfruitful. Jesus tells us, again, this is like the person who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But finally, we get to the good stuff. Some seed falls on good soil, and a crop grows, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Jesus tells us this is like the person who hears the word and understands it. His faith produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So that's great, right? It's great that some seed fell on the good soil, but when we hear this parable, we can't help but think about those first three soils. Why did they fail? Could it be a seed problem? Well, we know that the seed is the word, and we know that the word has the miraculous power to work faith in people's hearts, so we know it can't be a seed problem. It has to be a soil problem. See, with each of the first three soils, there was an obstacle in the way of that seed to grow. Jesus is telling us that in life there are many obstacles for faith to grow. Sometimes those obstacles get in the way. They kill the faith. You know what happens when faith is killed. Eternal death happens. There's no return from that. So why? Why was Jesus telling this parable right here and right now? Those people that were gathered on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, they were having a tough time listening to and believing in Jesus. Just prior to Jesus getting in that boat, he healed a demon-possessed man. This was a miraculous event that proved that Jesus was the Son of God, so we would expect that people would come to Jesus, flock to Jesus, and listen to Jesus and Jesus only after this, right? That actually wasn't the case. Pharisees didn't. The Pharisees said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. But we would expect that from the Pharisees, right? 
I mean, they were Jesus' enemies after all. But the really striking thing is that it wasn't just Jesus' enemies that failed to listen to him. Jesus was inside of a house teaching a group of people after he had healed this demon-possessed man, and his mother and brothers were outside trying to pull him away. They thought he was out of his mind. People weren't watching. People weren't listening. People were having a hard time believing, to, or believing in Jesus. And at first glance, it might seem like the seed isn't all that good. We've got to remember that this is a soil problem, not a seed problem. So what about you and what about me? There are certainly times, right, when we have a hard time listening to Jesus. But are we ever like Pharisees? Have we heard about Jesus' love Sunday after Sunday, day after day, and yet the following Sunday we turn a deaf ear and focus on something else? I think there's a temptation for each of us to let the word become stale in our minds. We feel like we've heard this message day after day, Sunday after Sunday, and so we don't really need to listen so much the next Sunday or the next day. And as we have that mindset, it becomes easier and easier for us to ignore God's word and to focus on things like what we're going to do after church on Sunday or where we're going to go for lunch or how we're going to get that project done in the garage. And all the while, we forget to listen to the one that we actually came to listen to. That's Jesus. Or are there times in our lives when we're persecuted for our faith at work or in school? And in those times, are we tempted to give God the cold shoulder. I went to a public high school. I was the son of a pastor. And so I heard plenty of sarcastic jokes about who Jesus is. I heard plenty of sarcastic jokes about who God is. I heard plenty of sarcastic jokes about the Bible. That hurt. And oftentimes, do you want to know what I did instead of actually turning to God's word? I often sulked. I often pouted. I often wondered, why is this target on my back? and Why do I have to go through this pain? Maybe you've had similar experiences. Think back to those times. Did you turn to God's word in that time, or did you wonder if your faith was even worth it? What about the worries of this life? Do we get so caught up in the worries of this life that we begrudge giving God the time to hear him? If we turn on the news for more than 15 seconds, we'll see that there's plenty to worry about these days. COVID-19 seems to be taking over our world. I mean, we're all in masks today. Um, and if we look at the news even more, our country seems to be getting more divided every single day. There's plenty to worry about these days. And to top it all off, we all have our own personal worries that we have to think about finances to worry about. We have health problems to worry about. We have our relationship problems to worry about. And all the while, while we're trying to solve those problems by ourselves, we forget to listen to the only one who can actually solve that problem, and that's Jesus. Because of all these failures to listen to him, we might be tempted to think that Jesus would give up on us. But we need to understand one thing, and one thing only today, and that's that Jesus has not, does not, will not ever give up on us. Jesus sows the seed that saves. He has a purpose in mind, and it is gracious, merciful, and eternal. 
He sows it for you to believe and to be saved. And Jesus will stop at nothing to do just that. One of the awesome parts about this parable is the perseverance of the sower. Just think about this with me for a minute. Three out of the four soils he tries fails. 75% of the seed he throws fails. If this were that average farmer that I mentioned before, 333 acres of his farm would go to waste. $190,000 down the tube. That's enough time, money, and effort to put any regular farmer out of business. Jesus isn't just any regular farmer. Jesus sows the seed that saves. And even though he knows that not every seed is going to germinate, he keeps at it. That's love. That's a heart for the harvest. That's a heart for you. Some seed falls on good soil and a crop grows. This is awesome. It says a lot about Jesus' heart. It says that it's big. It says that it's full of love. And it says that it's for you. Another thing it says about Jesus' heart is that Jesus' heart simply does not quit. Jesus does not give up on you. When he was brought down from heaven to become a human being just like you and me, he had you in mind. He fought all those temptations that you fought and he upheld the law perfectly because he doesn't give up on you. And then when he was betrayed by Judas, led before Pilate, spit on, beaten with whips, and hanging there on a cross to die, we don't even hear him complain once. Scriptures say that he didn't say a word. He didn't for you. He doesn't give up on you. And then on the third day after his death, was death strong enough to hold him? No. He rose on the third day so that someday you will too. Our persisting, persevering, not ever going to give up, enduring all things Savior is everything we need to give us ears that hear. He reminds us day after day, week after week, that our sins are forgiven, no matter what. And he opens our ears to hear this message. He is everything we need to give us strength in times of persecution. Jesus already suffered the ultimate persecution for our sins. And now any time that we suffer any persecution, we can remember that Jesus suffered something much greater. We don't have to suffer that same consequence. Jesus is everything we need to calm our worries. Jesus already took care of the biggest worry we could ever possibly have, and that's sin. Our sins are as far as the East is from the West. They're completely done away with, and now that we know that sin is gone, we have nothing but joy. Jesus is our Savior who has a heart full of love for us, so much love that he gave his own life for us. Our persisting, persevering, not ever going to give up, enduring all things Savior, continues to sow that seed of the gospel in our lives. And as he continues to sow that seed of the gospel in our lives, our faiths continue to grow in him. And as our faiths grow, the crops grow too. What is this crop? Simply those good works that our faith produces. This isn't anything to earn forgiveness, but instead it's the product of Christ's forgiveness. By being a loving parent, you produce a crop. By being a loving husband or wife, by being a faithful employee at work, by being a kind, caring child who's always respecting their parents, you produce a crop. 
what faith produces. The more you hear God's word, the more your faith grows, and therefore the more crops grow. I gave you the gospel. The gospel gave you faith. Faith that not only gives you the trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, but also faith that allows you to serve God in everything you do. Jesus sows a seed that is worth much more than $260,000. Sows the seed that saves. So hear it with joy. This farm is much larger than a 444-acre farm. This farm is the world. Rejoice. Rejoice that Jesus has sowed that seed of the gospel in your life. Rejoice that the Holy Spirit continues to grow that seed of the gospel in your life. Let that seed grow. Hear God's word day in and day out. You have ears. Hear. Amen.